reporting live from Villa Gorilla Studios and the Gothic House. And this is my What the Punk podcast. that kind of role yes exactly so 
So instead of biking, you guys were always on the longboards? Yeah, I mean, we would bike also, but is this good? Am I, yeah, you're fine. Am I doing this right? Yeah, right. you're on. Cool. It's what the punk. It's, everything's right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, growing up in uh, Oregon. Yeah. And when did you, well, how long were you in Oregon for? So I was there. Um, in, so I grew up in a town called Lake Oswego, which is a suburb outside of Portland. Um, I lived there until the age of 18. I moved out because I went to the University of Oregon, which is in Eugene, the Oregon Ducks. And, go Ducks. And, go Ducks. And, go Ducks. and um, I lived there until the age of 22, graduated, and then I moved here. So in 2015, I moved to Chicago. That was your move? Yeah, so that was my move. what brought you here? Was it a job? Or was yeah, it-, it wasn't like, yes, I had a work opportunity in Chicago. I had no work opportunities anywhere else. I knew I wanted to leave Oregon. Um, I had just been there my whole life. And, um, you know, my sister moved to L.A. after college. And she was just like, you know, you just you just move to a big city and you just figure it out. And that's the way it is. And, like, Portland's not a very big city. It's a kind of a hard place to, like, start you know, doing stuff. Is that because is that um, it's clicky or is it just, yeah, it's probably cause it's like I, for, especially for me too, like having grown up there, there's just no way to like branch out. Cause I had such a like good group of friends, like such a tight, like community of people, um, that it's just dumb to like, you know, start hanging out with different people or like doing your own thing when you have this beautiful thing here. So it's like, for me, I felt like, I had to just like totally remove myself and like start over. Go, yeah. Yeah. Just like go and try to be an adult and like live a life and like see if I can, you know, get my shit together. Um, do, you, do you have friends that are just still there? Like they're just going to, Oh yeah, of course. And like, they're doing awesome. You know what I mean? And I love going back and, and visiting with everyone and, um, you know, they're still my best friends and all that. And I, I love it. I love my, I love Oregon way more now actually. Um, like I'm a big snowboarder. Um, so that was tough, you know, um, coming somewhere where there's, you know, no mountains. Um, but now I just like love the mountains so much. Like I'm making a point to get out there right. at least a couple times a year. Um, wait, wait, Wisconsin doesn't count. Uh, no, <laughs> the UP definitely counts. Well, the UP, yeah, does. the that's UP, um, upper, yes. but yeah, I mean, I guess that's, that's Michigan. eight hours away. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, the UP's got some got some great rippings. Um, but okay, so I came out to Chicago in 2015. I had a uh, kind of like a professional connection to this guy who was a film producer um, named Jonathan Becker. Shout out, shout out to Beck. JB, uh, good call yeah, JB. shout out to JB. Um, he hooked me up with uh, work on like film sets, so I was doing like. Um, so he would work with like all the ad agencies in Chicago, like producing commercials. So I started working on like commercial sets. You're like that you a production a PA. assistant. I was a PA. Yeah. Um, so I'm like driving the cube truck. In a, I, you know, I've I've never you know really been in this city before. Um, well, I guess I should say the reason why I the other reason why I came to Chicago was because my parents are from here. So my parents grew up here, met here, got married here. Um, but they moved to Oregon before they had me. My dad like moved around a lot with his work and then just ended up settling in Oregon. Um, so I had been to Chicago before and I have like a bunch of cousins out here that like actually also play music and like same age. And we've like kind of grown up together. I would see them like once a year, you know, or sometimes, you know, 
every other year. So I knew people that I was like family with. Um, and, uh, and I had this little like work opportunity where I was getting work as a PA on film sets. And then I met people that worked on the shows, the Chicago fire, Chicago PD, uh, Chicago med, um, and uh, I started working on those those shows as a production as assistant. a production assistant. And then I moved to the office, moved from the set to the office, where I was like assisting the producers and like. Um, All right. So when I'm so this is interesting. So I moved to Chicago mm-hmm. from New York in '93. Wow. And I was a production assistant uh, on a couple commercials, and it was oh, wow. like on a Bed Smart and something. And I remember it was the same. And tell me, it's and I think it's always the same. If you're super reliable, mm-hmm. super on time, yeah, they can they shout at you and tell you to go do something. Mm-hmm. You shut the f up, you do it, and it's done. Yeah, and you just keep. It's and, and it's I like being in the military. Like, I remember yeah. like just like having the coffee bar always mm-hmm. ready to go and them never <laughs> asking. And what's funny was the woman that was in charge of staffing the commercials and everything. Mm-hmm. We said the same thing. She's like, you know, if you stick with this, it's really hard because most people are really flaky mm-hmm. in the industry. They kind of yeah. come and go. And so if you're super, you know, so if you, you worked your way up, that says a lot about you mm. as a person that's super organized that they're moving into the office. I think, yeah. Personality-wise, too, because you have to be well, able to take a lot of shit. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, um, well, the guy who, like, got me that, that like cushy job in the office. He even said to me, he was like, I recommended you for the job because you're the only one who like doesn't complain <laughs> all the time. And like, it's just, I think like, honestly, just it, life in general, like if you can just not complain about shit, it, that alone just can get you places, you know, just, Absolutely. just like do the job, just do the job, you know, My it sucks. But just do, do it. But don't you like, also like, do your friends that find something wrong with everything yeah. all the time. And you're like, listen, man, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like, it'll all work out. Yeah. Because it's all bullshit anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. One, just be quiet. Just, yeah. We'll get there. Yeah, yeah. That, I, think that, I think that that is uh, that, that kind of like stoic approach. There's too much focus, I think, these days on like you know everything or I've got like mm-hmm. three degrees. I'm like, great, you've got three degrees. Awesome. One, you're an asshole and two, you mm-hmm. complain all the time. Yeah. So how are you like in the trench in the trenches, you know, for a year? Um Yeah, when it doesn't show you so much more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay, so you're not a complainer, which bumped you up. I would like to, the, to think yeah. So the cushy now what was the cushy yeah. job in the office? Uh, it was just office production assistant. <laughs> so, um, okay, so, Opa. So I wasn't. <laughs> so, so, um, uh, it wasn't that much like greater in terms of status, but it was like a full time job. Like I was, I was, I went from like just freelancing. Like you wait for them to call you, and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to like pay rent this month. Like unless they call and need more PAs. Like, and I would work on like the big days, like the big outside shots. Where it's like they need a bunch of PAs to like control this because we're out in public in their downtown Chicago. Like, but then I got like a consistent. I'm there every day, um, and I got to like know the people that actually like really put everything together. And um, so yeah, I uh, I did that for about like three years, um, and uh, you know just kind of like wanted to do something different. It was like really hard. It was sixteen hour days every day. Um, 
And um, yeah, I just at a certain point just wanted to try something else. So I just ended up, you know, we the, the show wrapped. Um, and I said to my boss, I was like, look. What show was it? This was Chicago Med. I had, like, worked on Chicago Fire before that. <laughs> they, just kept the, did, yeah. they just kept the franchise going. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they actually had Chicago Justice at one time, too. But I think they canceled it. Yeah. They, went, yeah. <laughs> then they were going to do, like, Chicago, like, waste management. and <laughs> <laughs> Just keep them going. Uh, I think that's, like, an SNL skit that I'm stealing. Uh, so, you know what? And, and if, you, but, if you didn't steal it, it's brilliant. Because yeah, it's true. It's um, uh, and um, and then I started doing uh, like copywriting, um, like freelance copywriting. Um, uh, so I, you know, um, writing blogs and were you an English um, major in college? I was uh, actually an advertising major. Um, so that was like originally what I wanted to do. It was like I wanted to be do like creative marketing work um, as like a writer, um, and that's pretty much what I do now. Um, now I work in-house at a company, um, that does, uh, like design and development work. So we build websites and applications and all kinds of stuff. Um, and, uh, I work on the marketing team and I like, am like working on like, you know, the creative marketing assets that we put out. Um, and that's been great. Cause it's like, ultimately at the end of the day, I'm trying to like be a writer, you know? Um, so I had to sort of like find a career path, um, where I can, you know, be creative during the day, like get paid to write during the day, and then, then I write songs at night, kind of like it's like I, that's like kind of how. So I'm like, you know, financially supporting myself, um, and then I have this, and then, you know, once I got away from doing film, and um, I had something that was a little more uh, like kind of like a normal job, I um, that's when I really started like making music a lot more because um, I had always. Um, I had always played and I had always written songs. Um, but yeah, it was like, it was like around the age of like 25 or something. Um, when I, when I stopped working all the time, um, I, uh, I had all this like extra space in the day, all this extra time. And I started to get more serious about like recording the stuff that I had been written, been writing. Um, and, uh, and playing shows and stuff. Um, so that's, yeah. Oh, it's kind of what I've been doing up until now. When you were younger though, well, so you're a guitar player. Yeah. Do you play anything else? No, not really. I mean, um, I like to play piano, but, um, I'm not very good. I mean, the guitar is the only that's instrument your that I have any real, you know, prowess at. Yes. So when did you pick up the guitar? I think I was 10. Um, and I, yeah, I, uh, it was like, I asked my dad, I was like, I want a guitar for my birthday this year. Like, I'm going to start playing guitar. And my dad has this story that he always tells about how he, uh, he wanted to play like the French horn or something. And he asked his mom, he's like, mom, will you like get me a French horn? I want to be a French horn player. And she said no, because his older brother said he wanted to play the clarinet, but then gave up on it. So he was like, no, because your older brother like gave up on the clarinet. And so my dad was like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> so, so he, you're, so you're, he like, made a promise to himself. He was like, when my child asks me that they want to play an instrument, it's a yes. Did you come uh, home to like four guitars? It was, it was like, it was like I, we, we went to Guitar Center. We got the starter, like it comes in one box where you get the Squire Strat yep. and the, the little amp and the case. And that was it. 
Like I played it every day. Like, um, but it was it was self motivated. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's funny. Like my older brother and older sister, my parents kind of put them through like the like you're gonna take piano lessons or like my brother like like was in orchestra. You know what I mean? And I was the one kid that didn't get pushed into anything, and I found it organically. So I think there's like something to that. You know, I am a firm believer. Yeah, and kids gravitate towards things. Oh yeah, on their own. And if you, you can suggest it. Yeah, but if you're if you say I'm going, you're going to do this, and, mm-hmm. and but you make it a job, then it's homework. It's, it's just like all the other stuff they have to right. do after, when they get home from school that they don't want to do. I'm right. also, but I don't know. Okay, hold on. I, I got much about your your recording too. So I'm yeah, yeah. This up. But hold on. So. Nobody ever pushed you to do it, mm-hmm. and my, I guess my whole like in life is, if you gravitate towards it, it becomes your own, versus mm-hmm. when your parents have to keep reminding you and saying, hey, you need to practice, mm-hmm. you need, then, right, I said, it becomes homework, mm-hmm. it becomes something else. Yeah. I also, I don't know how you write songs, mm-hmm. summer of, you need to write every single day. I don't do that. I, I obsess in my head mm. about stories, and I have a, I have notebooks everywhere mm. with like little lines, but it feels like almost this gestation period mm-hmm. of just thinking about words, and all of a sudden I can I don't get a full song, but I'll start it'll start formulating some yeah. rhymes, a melody, and then over time it'll kind of bleed out, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. Versus I don't, and then all of a sudden. I'm going to sit down for a couple days. Like, it takes over. It's like mm-hmm. 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm waking up, and I'm, like, editing now, and it yeah. just, just starts. But this, I actually almost, like, become the song. That sounds yeah. cheesy. Yeah. What is – is it like that for you, too? Or, or do you, yeah. like, sit down every day and, like, I'm going to – No. And I, there's something about, like, the Brill yeah, building. The discipline. Carol King. Yeah. Goffin, where, you know, you're going to sit down, and mm-hmm. we're going to write a song every day. Is it like that? I, so I never write that way. Um, and when I try, I've tried to do it that way. I've tried to be like, I'm going to sit down and write a song right now. Um, and I never can really do it that way. Um, it's for me, it's like, there's these bursts, I think where like I write a lot. Um, I'll write a lot of like lyrics and like little parts on the guitar, um, over the course of like a couple days. Like, I don't know what it is. It's just like a burst of like creative energy. And then, yeah, it's like kind of what you were describing. It's like, it's, it starts to like bleed out more over like a month or two. I'll like have those like little ideas written and then I just like build them and then they like become songs. Um, but yeah, I'm never like, Oh, I need to write. Like I, I need to like catch up on my writing. You know, it's like, I, um, I think I just, Usually, I really like playing guitar as just a sort of like meditative practice. Like I like just picking up the guitar and strumming the same chord for an hour. Um, and yeah, I think it's just like so much stuff can just like come to you in those moments. And so it's like you just take those and yeah, some songs like I, I've written over the course of like a year, you know, and then some songs I've written in like two hours. Um, it's really all over the place. I miss water balloons, Tootsie Pops, dunk tanks and downhill races. 
I've been sneaking into movie theaters and making out with strangers. Jumping into water from high places. Car washes, sleepovers, mixers, barbecues, and field day games. Diving boards, Nintendo 64s, baseball gloves, and boomerangs. and you mm-hmm. just kind of strum the same chord, mm-hmm. you don't seem like the type of person that would get frustrated learning something or just sitting on one thing and say to yourself, oh, this isn't smart enough. This isn't mm-hmm. like, you just, in a weird way, does the, the sound, the, the feeling, the reverberation of the strings in yeah. a way kind of like, Moves your brain. Do you know what I'm it's saying? Something, like, yeah. is something happening there? Yeah, I think so. And I, I know it's, it's hard to, it's hard to articulate it because it's like trying to think of something, but you haven't thought of it. It's like you can't think of the thought before you have the thought. You know what I mean? It's like it just is there. Um, and 
Yeah, it's uh, it's really exciting. Like I love it, it you, and it's it never. You're always I like I don't know if you feel the same way about this, but like when it's there, it's like really exciting, and it's like you're like you're like trying to preserve that feeling that you have about it, but it always kind of like breaks your heart in the end. You know what I mean? Like it always kind of ends up just like, oh, it's just another song that I wrote. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's like. And that, that's the thing. I'm always trying to like hold on to that thing. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to articulate. But it's no, like, no, no, no. You know what it is? Yeah, you know what it is? It's an amazing first date. Yes. And then you yes. go on the second date, and you realize you're like learning more about each other. And it's like, yeah, uh, yeah. That's it's, that's totally maybe, the analogy. Right. And you're so excited, and you're because mm-hmm. you're in love, and then all of a sudden you realize, yeah, this is not the one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they, because, and I've always said this too. It's the great. The last song you've ever wrote was the greatest song you ever wrote. Yes. Until the next one, you're like, that mm-hmm. one's crap. Yes, absolutely. Like, and like, what was I thinking? Thinking that this was like that I had like transcended and like, but but it's like, yeah, it's so it's so. But weird. I think it's but, such a weird process. But I think every artist at every level feels that way. But it is the public, the listening public, yeah. that anoints the songs to a certain status. Mm-hmm. Which is why it bothers me that like mm-hmm. Spotify has those arrows of less than a thousand listens or mm-hmm. great because it's in a weird way it's devaluing immediately without a listener just listening to a song right for it being there. Do you get what yeah. I'm saying? It's like prejudging. Mm-hmm. It drives me crazy, and and I think that um, I wish more people would take the time to listen to really fringe artists mm-hmm. like ourselves that are I think you're operating at a very high level to be honest with you mm, thank you so let's just let's circle around you mentioned about you, you, I want to go to your writing first because mm-hmm. you're writing for advertising yeah you're you're extremely lyrical in your songs mm-hmm. on your um, your first album Stories, stories, mm-hmm. stories. It's all stories. It's all yeah. stories. And mm-hmm. I can go with like Mr. Oakley, mm-hmm. um, great song. Uh, Thank j- you. J- jail song. Uh, mm-hmm. Jean Mabel Star is like one of my favorites. Duda. Mm-hmm. Uh, it almost sounds like it's an, like it actually happened to you. We can talk <laughs> about it in a second. Um, but on your first, which came out in 2020, did you. S- were these like short stories you were working on that you mm-hmm. like? Did you write them to, intended to be stories, and then came up with the choruses? I'm just curious. And it, it all people that are listening, yeah. just listen to the album back to front. Everyone feels like another chapter. Oh yeah, that's that am, is. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That is exactly like that's the best feedback you could give me. Um, yeah, it should like I love it. As like a, it's like a book of short stories, you know. Like I love to like think about it like that, um, cause yeah, I think I just I like being a writer. Like I just I'm one of those guys that like I. Once I started romanticizing the idea of being a writer, like, and it's kind of like it's kind of dumb, but it's like I just love it. You know, I love um, I love stories. I love movies. I love TV. Um, I I just love telling a good story. Advertising, telling a story. Yeah, yeah. It, like so much of life is, you know. And I um, I just love it. So it's like, yeah, if that's coming through in the songs, 
that's definitely good. Um, I, uh, but actually, I didn't write the stories first and then come up with the music. It actually just happened um, all at once. So it was like just going back to like sitting on the guitar and like just kind of strumming a chord. And it's just like usually it's like one line and then it's like that's the story. You know what I mean? Or maybe you don't have it totally figured out yet, but like that leads to, you know how it is. You know, it's like that leads to this, which leads to that. And then it's like after you've written a verse and a chorus, you're like, okay, I know what the, like the story is, or I know like what the character is. Like, I know what this is about. Um, and I, I also like, I'm, I, I'm trying not to like, like if it doesn't sound like, uh, cliche in any way, like if it's like a, if it's like a real like story and not like we broke up or like my, you know, like, you know, I'm, I was in, I'm falling in love. There is you know nothing I mean? cliche about any of your songs. Thank you. This is yeah, what we're yeah. talking. I mean, yeah. just, if it, I don't want it to sound ever like singer songwriter like I'm falling in love or my grandma just died and I'm very sad. And like, these are the abstract, like emotion. Like I want to like tell stories about like murderers and like convicts and like, but what, why not? Yeah. Come on, explain that. Why, why don't you want to be like that? I think I just, I want to project the stuff that, like, I like. You know what I mean? But like, why don't you like that? Well, I, it's not even that I don't like it. It's like, I, because I think some of the best writers do that. Um, I think I just, like, I've just latched on to, like, the, the idea of, like, being a storyteller and, like, being a writer. Um, and it's like, so I only want to deal, like, on the surface. Like, I don't want to deal with, like, the emotions beneath you know what I mean um so it's like there's songs on that album that you know like it is a love story and it is like dealing with like I fell in love or like I'm you know or I'm going through a hard time I'm dealing with anxiety but it's like it's totally just a story and like I think if you if you get the story right then it's like all that other stuff like has to be there you know so I think that's where I'm coming from. Um, what on this on the Gibby Tombs album, the first? Yeah, album, yeah. What what song do you think you nailed that personally? Mm. That you're like, I love playing this. I think I nailed that. Like I love yeah. Fada Girl. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, like, explain, can you explain that story to me? Yeah. Well, okay. So that's just um, that's a girl who's um, just spending too much time at the bar, basically. Um, and going home with shitty guys. Uh, but you say like, shit, it's like, did her but, dad die in the war? That guy, yeah. I, so, yeah. Okay. So, like, so I wrestled. I think she has daddy issues or something. I don't wow. know. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Her dad died in the war. Um, and I guess, yeah, she's looking to, um, she, I think she's just lonely, you know? So it's like a, it's a loneliness song, but it's like, she's now getting to like the age where she's realizing like, you know, I have to make a change in my life, I think. I think that's what, I think that's what it's about. I don't know. Little baby wanted more than her father who died in the war. Little baby met a man at a bar, thought to herself, how could he be worse than the one before? Get along with a girl. She said she loves the absurd. Even better when he's taking off her shirt And he pinches her skin Is that a sense of humor or a sense of something worse? Get along with a girl 
dead is high and her eyelids low. Little baby didn't make it far. Now she's turning around, heading back to the bar. She's headed back. So start a fight when she's near. Even better if you buy her a beer and stay up late chatting about how you make a life different one day. Get along with a girl. That's what I got out of it. Yeah. But I think sometimes you write a song. If you have a chance, you should watch. And I, some people are like, oh, John Mellencamp. Mm. John Mellencamp has a documentary. Everyone has a documentary now on Netflix. But he gives a pretty, it's him acoustic, but he basically talks about his whole songwriting process and mm-hmm. um, growing up and like how he kind of became who he was. And he says, you know, when I'm writing a song, if I know where it's going, it's not a good song. Mm, and I, and I, right? I thought yeah, it was really yeah. solid um, and a great comment. But also, sometimes you write a song and you thought you knew what it was about, but then the song itself later on tells mm-hmm. you what it's about. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm getting from you. Yeah. And I love that, like, when I'm just like, if I'm like watching a movie, I love when that happens, you know, like, Oh, I thought it was going in this direction. And like, um, I love like watching a horror movie and like not knowing, like you don't know who the main character is really like until the end. Cause you don't know who's going to be the last person standing. You know, I like, I love just not knowing what's going to happen. Um, so yeah, I definitely want that to come through in the writing. Um, what song on here okay. that you like one song? I, I like um, I like Doodah. I like the last one. I told you that was a hit. That's right. You did. Remember that I said, was the one I was playing. I went up to you and said, dude, that's a fucking hit. <laughs> so that's I, right. At I Montrose. Saw, I saw yeah. you at the Montrose Saloon, mm-hmm. my favorite place to drink in Chicago. Yeah. They've got great, great music yeah. all the time. Yeah. I love that place. But I went up to you and I was like, dude, you killed it. Thank, thank you, man. Thank you. Um, so tell me about Doodot, because that's, that's a very story-oriented. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I guess it's about a guy who's like been convicted of a crime um, that he didn't do, or at least from his perspective. What well, was burning down the building? Right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. A building gets burned down, and a guy is taking the fall for it. Um, 
maybe he did it, maybe he didn't do it, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, hold on. That that's what's interesting about the song. Mm-hmm. You don't know. You don't know. Yeah, you don't know. Um, but he's kind of alluding to the fact that he's had this like kind of like a shitty life, um, and it's not getting any better now that he's been convicted of this crime. Uh, so he goes to the casino and he bets his entire life savings on a hand of poker and and then wins the hand and gets on a plane and retires on a beach somewhere. Yeah. I love this. <laughs> I, wish it was, I wish that was my life. That's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then how did you get to, and then, so what's so funny is like, if you were sitting with a band, mm-hmm. and like, all right, so the chorus is doo-dah, doo-dah. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you're out, of the, you're out of the band. You're out of the band. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like, you're, you're, you're like Dewey getting kicked out of the band on School of Rock. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? In between the lines. Right. <laughs> yeah. But it's it works so well. Thank you. On, Thank you. And the melody is just incredible. Yeah. And I have all my like cousins playing on that. So all the cousins that I mentioned earlier that are musicians out here are like on that song. So my, my cousin Joel's playing drums. My cousin Connor's on the bass. Um, my cousin Mark's doing the really low doo da doo da. Okay, I was, really I was low, wondering he's if he's got the you're low like radio voice. Yes. Um, and then my cousin Jack is playing pedal steel, so that weird kind of thing at the at the end of the second chorus, where it's like you know, like um, you got that in there. Um, so I think that is my favorite one, if I had to choose. Yeah. On this album, so did you? Now let's go to the engineering part because I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you engineer this I yourself. I can't really take credit for that. So um, where did you record it? How did it? How did that? Happen? I it was recorded by my friend Tomek, who is um, engaged to my cousin Dana. Um, so they live in Oak Park. This was at this time. At the time we recorded this, Tomek was living in Logan Square, and had built a studio. I mean, it was like just like a, the second room in his apartment. Um, we put the blankets up. He had all the equipment. He's like very tech smart. Um, he knows like logic and like how to set up the mic. And, um, you know, I don't have that like technical brain. Um, and uh, so he really like made the album. Like it really was like I would like go over there and we'd like, have dinner, drink a beer, and, like, I got to just play the songs over and over again. Um, and we did it to a click, and and then we, we just, like, started bringing in other musicians. Wait, so, um, wait, hold on. So then did you back the other instruments yes. in? Yeah, yeah. So this, none of this was played live? No. No. I would never know. Really? Hell no. yeah. No, it, I was wondering yeah. if you played everything... Or apparently your whole family played on the album. Yeah, yeah. But so he basically guided you through the process with your. So this. Yeah, is- and he was like he he just kind of wanted to like figure it out. You know, he like had like bought all the equipment and was just like I just want to like start recording. Like he hadn't really done anything like it before. Um, so it's like we were just kind of learning stuff um, and like just trying a bunch of stuff out. And, and, and uh, you were open to the arrangements and him adding. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like he'd be like, "Hey, I like I know this guy in Colorado. He's really good at guitar. Like he, I sent him the thing and he sent me back this thing. So we've got like a little bit of it. You know, it's like, 
Um, and uh, yeah, there's people on this album that I don't even. I don't even know if I've met them. They're just like no Tomac or something. Um, Do you know what's so interesting? Tomac has put together. It is so cohesive, dude. He is the man. Like it, he made the album. Seriously, like well, he um, had the material to make the album. Yeah, like it just would. It just wouldn't sound like that if I, if I tried to do it myself. Um, so the other album, that kind of role, I did entirely by myself, and you can tell. <laughs> you know, but I, but I have comments on that too. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. So on this one, mm-hmm. did he guide you? I love the way he mic'd your vo- your vocal. Yeah, and the harmonies with yourself mm-hmm. was. Did you have those ideas, or or did you? I, was this more I collaborative? Like, yeah. Well, I like um, I like the harmonies. I like a lot of. I like doing a lot of vocal takes, because um, I think recording vocals is just the most fun. Um, guitar, I get like very stressed out. Like playing guitar into a mic with the headphones is tough. Like I'm getting better at it, but. Um, there's always like a buzzing sound or something and it, or it never it doesn't sound like it's in tune. And, and it's like, um, once I'm through with like the guitar part, I love just like, okay, back, like, like go through the whole song, do it again. Like, and just trying it a bunch of different ways. So like, I think like all the different kind of versions like end up in there. Um, and, uh, but yeah, he would be like, okay, try doing it try harmonizing like this. And then we had this other guy, Andy Wagner, um, who's crazy talented musician. Um, he's the guy who plays piano on Mr. Oakley. You were asking about the earlier. solo is amazing. On Mr. Yeah. Oakley. That's, that's the best part of the whole album that, that chunk. Um, I don't know about that, yeah. but, uh, but it's a, it's a highlight for yeah. sure. Um, can, can I say this though? Yeah. When things become highlights because they were set up, Mm-hmm. You needed the verse, you needed the chorus, you needed the story, yeah. and that's the release. That's mm-hmm. the moment where I think it comes together. Mm-hmm. And that's so, with a lot of your songs, initially I'm trying to digest the melody mm-hmm. and the hook, but on every song, you and Tomac have come up with that release moment mm-hmm. where I'm like, oh, I, I got to hear that again. Mm-hmm. But I want to rewind it to the beginning of the song here. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. I can listen to your album on repeat and it doesn't get boring. And if anything, oh, thanks, if anything, I think that those moments on every song, like Andy's piano part and the guitar solo on um, uh, Jean Mappel Star. I think that was Andy too, actually. The, he plays guitar also? Yeah. Oh, t- yeah, Andy, you killed it, buddy. He's the guy. <laughs> you killed he's, it, Andy. You know, he, he's one of those guys that like just does everything and very well.
Yeah. And he does harmonies too. Like, so I was talking about the harp, like. Okay, you know, so he's yeah, singing. The, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, he does vocal stuff too. And, um, yeah. But. but don't minimize what I'm saying as you're, mm-hmm. you're the other parts, even though those stand out, mm-hmm. there's a reason why they stand out. Right. It was Tomac set, set it up that you set mm-hmm. it up that with the structure of the songs. Mm. And your songs aren't very long. Um, not no. on this album. I no, they're not. Like three, um, under three minutes? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I, I'm writing, like, I'm writing an album right now, and every song is like over six minutes long. I like totally. Um, I, it's just funny that you say that because it's like I like committed. Is this your math rock album? No, it's just stories, but just these ones are just longer, I guess. More verses. <laughs> yeah, you, just more part. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so Andy structured out. He had all these other artists on, and you kind of get him free reign on how to do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I'm, I'm friends with like really good musicians. Like all my cousins are really good. So it's not like, okay, man, I've got the drum part. Like you need to do this, or like, you just or like here's the bass line. Like it's just like. You just have to listen through the thing a couple times, and then like you do, you do you. Like, the song's coming to you, not the other way around. You know and, what I mean? Like, and, and don't you think? Sorry, I just cut you off. But don't you think that also allows musicians to kind of breathe a little bit and bring something different to your song? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like a listen, yeah. like every like listener thing that you wouldn't have come up with yourself. Yeah, no, and it doesn't mean yeah. that yours was bad, but it, mm-hmm. I think there's something about that collaborative. Just like a listener interprets songs differently, yeah. Then I might hear one of your songs, and even like you were like, maybe that the meaning changed for me. Mm-hmm. Once somebody it's out there and somebody listens to it, the meaning becomes their meaning. Yeah, which I think a lot of reasons why Bob Dylan when they used to interview him and say like, "What are your songs what does about?" It mean, Bob? And he's like, "Shut up! Yeah, I'm not telling you. What do yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah." Because he's like, "It doesn't matter what I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, it's what you get out of it. Totally. Yeah." So I don't know. I think it was a great one. So let's fast forward. I want to go to the new album. Okay. Which is 2022 mm-hmm. or 21. 21, yeah. That, that kind of role. Yeah. And that was your... Yeah, um, okay. So that was my COVID album. Everyone's got a COVID album. Yeah, everyone's got a COVID album. Um, that was like... Uh, I Yeah, I had been writing a lot of songs. I was just stuck in the apartment. And um, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to do it totally on my own. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, the song, it's just a very random assortment of stuff that I wrote over the course of probably like three years. Um, and I had just been like, so this album is all live. Um, like there's no metronome. Um, I'm just, it's like two mics set up and I'm just playing through the songs and then I went in and like added additional guitar. Sure. Yeah, I overdubbed a bunch of stuff. Um, did like a lot of vocal tracks again, um, and I just wanted it to sound like uh, you know, like you're just sitting around a campfire and there's a bunch of people singing and they're all the same person, I guess. <laughs> uh, but it was like super, yeah, like not um, not professionally done in any way. Just um, uh, just me kind of like messing around and learning how all this recording stuff works, you know? Like, I think it was just kind of, I was just experimenting, you know? And then I was like, I'm just going to release it as an album. Well, you know what it reminded me of was Beck's Sea Change. Mm. 
Because, cool. Again, yeah. you you on your own made a cohesive album. Mm-hmm. So I'll be so I'll be honest with you. So I have at first I was kind of bored by it, <laughs> but but I, yeah. no no but but it's. I'm a firm believer in there's a time and place sometimes when an album hits you. Mm-hmm. So, I really liked your first album. I've, I've been listening to it like for months. Yeah. Just, and that's why I wanted to interview I think that's how most people felt about this when I released it. It was like, yeah, the first one was better. But, but, I dis- <laughs> but now I'm flipping. I disagree as well. I, think, I actually think this one is, is the better songwriting. Um, yes. And, I'll and t- is, is slightly more interesting. But yeah, go ahead. Okay, so what I figured out from this was, one... You figured out how to use your voice. Okay. The shout outs mm-hmm. on a lot of these songs. Uh, Here Comes the Road. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I mean, it's just uh, good. Mm. I mean, I, there's what you did with your different vocal takes and the way you molted your voice mm-hmm. works for me. Yeah. I like the ton of reverb. I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of reverb on it. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or there's a lot of, it feels like there's a lot of space mm-hmm. around the songs. Um, one thing about your playing, and I want to get into this, and I think anybody that could see you live would understand this. There's a lot of movement in your playing. And I've talked about this with my band, where you ever see a cover band, and they're like covering Zeppelin, right? Or ACDC. I'll just use those bands as an example, because I'm older. And they're playing it, and you're like, ah, it kind of sounds like it. But... There's something with those musicians, the professional ones, mm-hmm. that swing. There's like a swing. There's a yeah. there's, there's a an undercurrent mm-hmm. that's happening. Yeah. And I said this in another podcast with another interview. The same thing. These bands, you can't knock them off for oh simple chords. You can't because oh, yeah. if there's movement behind it, mm-hmm. if there's something with the vocal delivery. So when I knocked this one. When I listened to it, I was kind of like knocking it compared to the first one. I'm like, I need to listen to this again because I know there's no way you write the lyrics that you write. It's deliberate, mm-hmm. right? Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's not a knockoff. You didn't just like dash it off because you just said it took you like three years of songs mm-hmm. and a lot of thought you're putting into what you're doing. So on this album, the more I listened to it, it really became my after work. I need to have a beer and relax. I need to listen. I don't want oh, wow. to be overwhelmed. I want. It's like you know when you get home from work, you just want like low light in your house. Yeah, it's it's like vampire lighting. I call. Yeah, it. I needed like the vampire album for me. I'm a huge Cure fan. Like Disintegration is a great mm-hmm. album for me. Um, or like pick a like a really chill uh, like shoegaze band. Mm-hmm. It's there's something about it that every song again connects. It, so I mm. felt like it was one big song with movements. Mm. This is a long-winded New York way of me getting to what the compliment. So things I loved. Yeah. I love the way you record your vocals. I love the movement of the way you're playing your guitar and overdubbing. And I like that there's a, a cohesive sound from albums, from song to song that makes it feel like there's separate movements mm-hmm. all connected to the same song. That's sure. my assessment. Sure, yeah. I don't know how you I feel like that. about that. No, I like that. Yeah, I think that that's how it's how it should how it should feel. Yeah, um, it's not. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's not anything too too flashy or crazy. Like it's just. Um, it yeah, it's it's just really like. Just the way I write songs, 
you know. Um, and I think that, you know, if it sounds like me, then it's good, you know. Like, if it, if it, if it has that, like, cohesive um, sound and, you know, y- you feel like you start one place and you end in another place, you know, if there's any feeling of that, I think it's good, you know. I'm proud of it. And, um, yeah, I, uh, I just want to like, you know, keep trying like different ways of recording, you know, like this was like, obviously like a totally different kind of project, you know? Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm hoping that, you know, the next thing I come out with will, will be like totally its own thing, you know? Well, I think you just said it. If it sounds like me, I think a Mm -hmm. lot of artists try to emulate songwriting of somebody else. Yeah. Like I didn't feel that at all. I mean, your yeah. your songwriting is very mature. You have a strong handle on your vocal performance. Yeah, that take a while to figure out. The how vocals, you sing. yeah, yeah. So that's the other thing why I really like this album is like this is like as that's as close to like the kind of singer I am now. Um, like when I perform live, like that's how I sing. Um, you know, it's very like loud. Can and I tell it's you? Like just you know, it's. Yeah, go ahead. Can I tell you a story? Mm-hmm. So when I saw you, saw you at the Mantra Saloon, mm-hmm. it wasn't very crowded. Mm-hmm. You came in and you're wearing tan khaki pants, <laughs> a white shirt, <laughs> and you came in, you sat by yourself. I would say at the end of the bar, and this other artist was up. I'm blanking on who it was. I think it was that blues It was band. Mike Felton. That's the... the um, Wasn't it? The blues band, I thought Yeah, it was. the Mike Felton band. Yeah, the blues like band, right. Yeah. And you were sitting by yourself at a table over there. And so you're having a beer. I'm like, is this dude playing tonight? Like, <laughs> like, and you look like preppy dude. And so you get called up. And then you just lay it down. You're like, a, it was like Billy Bragg times a thousand. You were like attacking the guitar. You're, you're yelling. You're like mm-hmm. sweating. So you finish your set. And then the sound guy is in the back of the bar by me and Turner goes, well, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> and I thought, there you go. He was nice. like, oh, preppy dude's going to do some, some cover yeah. diary songs, yeah. you know, yeah. and that is not what happened. You, you laid it out. And I think that's something too. seeing you, you're, you're super chill, uh, just kind of mild mannered and clean cut, and then on stage you become like this. <laughs> yeah, wild this, man. This demon. Yeah, like, yeah it's yeah. amazing. It's totally. That's yeah. That's what I want to do. Um, I yeah, I love it, man. I I love like getting super into it like that. But um, so what? Does it and just does, kind of black out? So does that happen? Does yeah, the song take absolutely. over? Does, does the absolutely. song take you over? Yeah, absolutely. Until I mess up. Once I forget a lyric or something, then it's like your like reality rushes back. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I I like I love to like just totally like get in the zone. Um, and um, yeah, just like it's awesome because it's like whenever in life are you like that in the moment? You know, like it's I think like playing music is like it like requires you to be like to play those songs the way they're supposed to be played. Like they have, they just have to be played like that. You know what I mean? Like you can't like, like I have to like yell and like it, it has to be like super energetic. Um, it would just be harder 
to not do it that way. You know what I mean? It would take more of me to like be restrained. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, what was, what was, do you remember the first time you ever just went out and played and sang, I'd say an original. Yeah. Um, I did like a couple like open mics when I had been in Chicago, like for like, um, I want to say it was like 2017 or something um, in Chicago when I like went to like my first like open mic and just wailed. Um, but even back, even then I, I hadn't really like, like developed the whale yet. Like I hadn't been like really, I didn't like discover, I don't know how I like started singing like this. Like it, it cause you don't speak like you sing at yeah. all. You sound different. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I like, I don't know how it happened. Um, I just sort of started doing it that way. I think part of it was I, I play music with my, uh, my cousins, Connor and Mark in a band called circle face. We do like, loud punk rock music. And is, it, is it original? Yeah, it's all original stuff. Like, we write everything together. Oh, great. And, um, I've actually played bass. Circle Face? Circle Face, yeah. Can we get um, some? You won't, you won't find us on Spotify. Um, Where will we find Circle Face? I think, I think we have a band camp, but we haven't done a lot of recording. Um, we kind of just, like, meet up and, and jam, and, um, yeah. Um, we're trying to get, we, yeah, we, we have some stuff that you can listen to online. Yeah, um, I'm going to check it out. Uh, I'm going to play some right now. <laughs>
screaming, you know, um, at the top of my lungs. So maybe it was just like, you know, starting to play music like that, started to like bleed into the, the singer songwriter stuff. So that was going on while you were starting yeah. to go out on your own in the open mic. Yeah. 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 So you do, it's, it's interesting. You, like you said, I, I think you, you have a punk delivery hundred yeah. percent. Your, your, your vibe is nice. Acoustic folk punk. Is yeah. Like kind of what I like, kind of what I do too. Nice. It's like, yeah. And I think that to, it's easy to do that to an electric guitar. It's mm-hmm. way more difficult than an acoustic guitar to bring mm-hmm. that kind of energy. I think. Yeah. It's harder to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm also playing like this weird, like parlor style Gresh, um, which I love. Um, but it's like, yeah, it is, it is, um, it is harder, but I just love the sound of an acoustic guitar being played like really, like as hard as it can be played, you know? Um, that so have you gotten good feedback um you haven't done any big shows yet have yeah you? well i played at shuba's uh a couple weeks ago opening for a guy named sam birchfield um he's very uh he's a very good songwriter um and i opened for him and that was the biggest show i've ever played uh i also did porch fest in lakeview um and there was a good amount of people there too. Like, you know, most of the shows I've played have been like at, you know, dive bars. There's not a lot of people there, like the Montrose Saloon. Yeah, but it's. Um, was the response uh, positive from the other shows? Yeah, I mean, I, I, people seem to like it when I play. Um, I usually have like, yeah, there's like one stranger at the bar, you know, who's like, it was really good, man, you know? Um, <laughs> Which is nice too, because it's like you don't want it. You don't want to just like bring your friends and then have your friends be like, "It's really good, man." It's like, yeah, but like you have to say that. You know what I mean? I love when like the, like like you. You know what I mean? Like here I am right now because like you know you were nice enough to like come up and like say something nice. So um, well, that right. just means so much because it's like it, it. They don't have to do that. The stranger you know doesn't know you. They don't have to say anything. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've been playing more and more shows. I've played a lot of cool ones this summer. Um, I played at O's Tap the week of my wedding. Um, <laughs> Where's like, O's Tap? It's on Western in like Bucktown. Okay. And um, I played there the week of my wedding. So like all my friends were there from like back home and like flown in for the wedding. Um, and we just like took over the bar. Was it awesome? It was, was awesome. So fun. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Um, and... Uh, yeah, so I'm gonna. It's been really fun. I don't know like what's coming next, though. You know, like. Well, it sounds like your plan is to keep recording. It's to yeah, keep doing the yeah. Music. Keep recording. Um, come out with a new album. Uh, and just try to try to keep playing shows. Try to keep it interesting. All right, I want to stop. I want to get another beer, and then I want okay. to talk about some other shit. Okay, let's do it. That's all right. We'll be right back with Gibby Tunes. Oh, hold on. Is that your real name? Yeah, my uh, well, so my <laughs> my name is Warren Gibson Toombs, uh, but I've always gone I've always gone by Gibson. I've oh. always gone by my middle name. Oh, okay. My parents yeah. never, no one ever called me Warren. Um, Gibson's way better. I'm just so saying. Gibson Toombs is my name. Gibby, people actually don't really call me Gibby anymore, but they used to. Like Gibby Toombs was like 
when I was like on the football team in like junior high. You know, they'd be like, Gibby Tombs, like Yeah, it sounds like you said the whole Gibby thing. was like my name for like a long time in my life, and then people just stopped calling me that when I got older. So I like, I don't know, I brought it. I'm going to keep calling you Gibby Tombs. Just Gibby Tombs. Yeah, that's great. You got to say it together. That's great. Yeah. T O O M B S. What is that? T O O M B S. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know if, I don't know if this is true or not, but I think that our ancestors like made tombs, like made tombstones in the old country. Um, Which old country? I think like Germany. I think that's where they're from. And they actually made tombs. Yeah. So they. Yeah, I think that's why. That's where the last name comes from. I don't know where the extra O came from, though. I don't know why, because tombs is just one O. But you know what? At some point, if, even if it's a lie, it's a great story. Yeah, it's done. That's the story. That's the only one we have. Give so, you tombs. Yeah. Do you ever think about dropping the other O <laughs> for the artist moniker? Yeah. No, I can't. I need the, I need the two yeah, of us. You need to keep it in the family. I need the two of us, yeah. yeah I think the family would be upset if I... Yeah. <laughs> Your dad wanted his guitar back. <laughs> yeah. What are you, like, trying to hide? Yeah. Are you, are you yeah. ashamed of the two O's? Yeah, yeah. T-O-O-M-B-S. All right, we'll be back. Don't rush to get up. The sunset's a short while away. Keep the peace Claim the chair With the world In front of it Baby, listen to the cars Get cranky Honking at the jaywalker As he complains Sleeping with his wife. 